The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. I hope you're all set to take on another week. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Monday, February 13th, 2023, Monday of the sixth week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year A, cycle one. Monday is a day to pray the joyful mysteries of the rosary. And our saint today is St. Catherine de Ricci. Born in 1522 in Florence, her baptismal name was Alexandrina, but she took the name of Catherine upon entering religion. From her earliest infancy, she manifested a great love of prayer. In her sixth year, her father placed her in the convent of Monticelli in Florence, where her aunt, Luisa de Ricci, was a nun. After a brief return home, she entered the convent of the Dominican nuns at Prat in Tuscany in her 14th year. She was chosen mistress of novices, then sub-prioress, and at 25, she became perpetual prioress. The reputation of her sanctity drew to her side many illustrious personages, among whom three later sat in the chair of Peter. She corresponded with St. Philip Neri, and while still living, she appeared to him in Rome in a miraculous manner. She's famous for the ecstasy of the passion, which she experienced every Thursday from noon until Friday at 4 p.m. for 12 years. After a long illness, St. Catherine de Ricci passed away in 1589. St. Catherine de Ricci, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. My God, I adore you, and I love you with all my heart. I thank you for having created me, made me a Christian, and preserved me this night. I offer you the actions of this day, Grant that all of them may be in accordance with your holy will and for your greater glory. Protect me from sin and from all evil. Let your grace be always with me and with all my dear ones. Amen. Along with Pope Francis, we pray that parishes placing communion at the center may increasingly become communities of faith, fraternity, and welcome toward those most in need. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. I remember seeing on Instagram one time a very good piece of advice that said to never argue with a fool because they will bring you down to their level and then beat you from experience. And today, Jesus, we have one of those very foolish arguments and these people that are trying to bring you down to their level. And we we see in our gospel that it's very distressing to you 
It's a very short little passage. But we hear that the Pharisees came forward to begin and began to argue with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. Jesus, they're, they're looking for a sign. They're beginning an argument with you. And they want a sign from heaven somehow to test you according to their terms. And if we, if we read that in a vacuum, not in the context of the whole gospel, um, maybe these Pharisees, they don't know. Maybe they're, they're not really sure what's going on. And so they're, they're maybe asking from some type of honesty, but that's not the case at all. Rather, our passage today follows immediately after Jesus fed the 4,000 in the desert. And that's the second miraculous feeding. Just uh, a chapter and a half earlier, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Again, these are, these are not counting the women and children. These are massive crowds of people that Jesus has now fed twice. And sandwiched in between those, we hear how in Gennesaret, he heals so many people and that even these massive crowds, and if they only touch the fringe of his garment, these people are are healed. And we're getting all of these stories of what you, Jesus, are doing. And it's pretty incredible to think whether you fed some people twice, right? Whether some people came back for seconds, if you will, that you fed 5,000 plus, and then you fed 4,000 plus, and maybe some of those were the same people. If not, then we're talking 20 to 30,000 people in two different instances. And in the midst of that, the Pharisees are demanding a sign. They, they say, well, show us. Show us something to prove that you're God. I don't know. Did you notice the gigantic crowds of people that were fed with basically nothing? Or the fact that so many of these sick people just happened to be cured? And, but show us a sign. And maybe in our own lives, in our own life apostolate, we have similar circumstances where there are people in our lives that we want to introduce to Jesus, but they they are demanding some kind of proof. They're demanding some kind of sign that they they have arguments. And these arguments are coming not from a position of openness or of actually seeking and questioning, but rather it's coming from a position of hostility, that you need to prove it to me and you need to prove it to me on my terms. And Jesus is, is deeply frustrated by this. We hear that he sighed from the depth of his spirit, that just so deep down, that, that pharisaical argument of just demanding proof, but demanding it on my terms. And no matter how much proof you give them, they're not going to be satisfied because they're demanding it on their terms. In fact, there's even later in the gospel, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, and where the, the rich man, when he dies, he wants someone to go back and warn his brothers about the torment. And if Lazarus, who's also died, goes back to them, he says, well, if someone should, should rise from the dead, they would listen then. And, and Abraham in the parable and Jesus telling the parable says, no, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone should rise from the dead. That no, even if someone comes back from the dead and tells them, they won't listen if they're not willing to listen to, to what's in front of them, Moses and the prophets. And 
We may have people like that in our lives. That is, we try to bring them the gospel, as we try to share the message of our Lord Jesus. They, they're not going to be convinced because it's not arguments. No argument is going to be ultimately convincing to them. A number of years ago, I was working with someone who was looking to maybe become Catholic. And so we were having a number of conversations and talking about the teachings of the church. And this person belonged to a, a different Christian denomination. And I remember leaving one of our meetings very saddened because the tone of the meeting was not a openness to what the church taught, but the tone of the meeting really became a, you need to prove this to me on, on my terms. Show me in the Bible where we talk about purgatory. Show me in the Bible where these things have to be true of Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Show, prove it to me and prove it to me on my terms. And a temptation can be to engage in that argument, to, to go down that road, to try to offer proofs and to do it on someone else's term. But ultimately, the only right solution is the solution of faith, is a solution of trust, that no amount of arguments is going to convince somebody that only wants to argue on their terms. Rather, Jesus, we need to introduce you and invite people to trust you, to just trust you, to meet you and to love you and to trust you. And that that for our own life and that for those with whom we work in any form of apostolate needs to be the step. That we can't just argue things on our terms and we can't engage in arguments when someone else sets the terms. Jesus, you are the only term. It's our love for you and our relationship with you. And you reveal yourself and you do it in a way that we can understand, but entirely on your own terms. And so it's about growing in love. It's about growing in trust with you, Jesus. And in the midst of this, it's, it's okay to ask questions. Questions are not necessarily arguments. The, the apostles around our Lord, they're, they're always asking questions, and they just don't get it. The difference is that the apostles are asking questions actually interested in how Jesus answers. They're, they're asking Jesus to teach them. And so for us, if there's a point of the Gospels, if there's a point of Catholic doctrine that we don't understand, and maybe we don't like, we're not really sure about it, I don't get how this makes sense, I don't know why the Church teaches this or that particular point of faith or morals, and I just don't get it. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to be confused and to want to seek clarity. And then even when we ask those questions, to to press even further that I, I'm still not understanding. The difference is, are we asking with an open heart? Are we asking from a position of, of real trust? Think about the way that maybe a seven or an eight-year-old may ask their parent, you know, oh, mom or dad, why, why does this happen? Or what, what's this? And, and listening with a total loving trust. First, maybe sometimes in a moment of rebellion, a teenager may just want to argue and may just want to be looking for, for some kind of a, a verbal confrontation uh, and, and be distrustful. Well, we, we want to be loving children when we come to our Lord. We want to really, 
approach with an attitude of, of faith and of trust and not that arguing spirit that the Pharisees had. Our Lady was a master of this at the Annunciation. She, she asked questions. How can this be since I know not man? Right? How, how can this be, what the angel said, with a, with a loving trust? Show me, teach me, and I'm in. I'm 100% in. And so Mary, Mary, help us to ask questions when we need to, but to do it in a spirit of trust and openness on Jesus' terms and not arguing. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. Ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 16 minutes past the hour, and this is Daybreak. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Monday, February 13th, 2023. I'm Paul Sadek. It's called, oftentimes, the Prayer of the Church because the liturgy of the hours is prayed by the entire church. And the liturgical day begins with the invitatory psalm. So we join the whole church in prayer now. We're led by our friends at divineoffice.org in the invitatory psalm and the office of readings. Lord, open my lips. And and my my mouth will will proclaim your praise. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. The Lord's is the earth and its fullness, the world and all its peoples. It is he who set it on the seas, on the waters he made it firm. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things, who has not sworn so as to deceive his neighbor. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him. Seek the face of the God of Jacob. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, the mighty, the valiant. The Lord, the valiant in war. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. 
come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Who is he, the King of glory? He, the Lord of armies, he is the King of glory. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Bow down and hear me, Lord. Come to my rescue. Bow down and hear me, Lord. Come to my rescue. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, set me free. Hear me and speedily rescue me. Be a rock of refuge for me, a mighty stronghold to save me. For you are my rock my stronghold. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Release me from the snares they have hidden, for you are my refuge, Lord. Into your hands I commend my spirit. It is you who will redeem me, Lord. O God of truth, 
you detest those who worship false and empty gods. As for me, I trust in the Lord. Let me be glad and rejoice in your love. You who have seen my affliction and taken heed of my soul's distress have not handed me over to the enemy, but set my feet at large. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Bow down and hear me, Lord. Come to my rescue. Lord, let the light of your countenance shine on your servant. Lord, let the light of your countenance shine on your servant. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in distress. Tears have wasted my eyes, my throat, and my heart, for my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighs. Affliction has broken down my strength and my bones waste away. In the face of all my foes, I am a reproach, an object of scorn to my neighbors and of fear to my friends. Those who see me in the street run far away from me. I am like a dead man, forgotten, like a thing thrown away. I have heard the slander of the crowd. Fear is all around me as they plot together against me, as they plan to take my life. But as for me, I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. My life is in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of those who hate me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your love. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Lord, let the light of your countenance shine on your servant. Blessed be the Lord, for he has poured out his mercy upon me. Blessed be the Lord, for he has poured out his mercy upon me. How great is the goodness, Lord, that you keep for those who fear you, that you show to those who trust you in the sight of men. You hide them in the shelter of your presence from the plotting of men. You keep them safe within your tent from disputing tongues. Blessed be the Lord, who has shown me the wonders of his love in a fortified city. I am far removed from your sight, I said in my alarm. Yet you heard the voice of my plea when I cried for help. Love the Lord, all you saints. He guards his faithful, but the Lord will repay to the full those who act with pride. Be strong. Let your heart take courage, all who hope in the Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. God of kindness and truth, you saved your chosen one, Jesus Christ, and you gave your martyr's strength. Watch over your people who come to you here and strengthen the hearts of those who hope in you, that they may proclaim your saving acts of kindness in the eternal city. 
Blessed be the Lord, for he has poured out his mercy upon me. Guide me in the way of your truth and teach me, for you are my saving God. From the book of Proverbs My son, forget not my teaching. Keep in mind my commands. For many days and years of life and peace will they bring you. Let not kindness and fidelity leave you. Bind them around your neck. Then you will win favor and good esteem before God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. On your own intelligence rely not. In all your ways be mindful of him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will mean health for your flesh and vigor for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with first fruits of all your produce. Then will your barns be filled with grain, with new wine your vats will overflow. The discipline of the Lord, my son, disdain not, spurn not his reproof. For when the Lord loves, he reproves, and he chastises the son he favors. Happy the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than profit in silver, and better than gold is her revenue. She is more precious than corals, and none of your choice possessions can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and her left are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who grasp her, and he is happy who holds her fast. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, established the heavens by understanding. By his knowledge the depths break open and the clouds drop down dew. The Word of the Lord Do not resent the Lord's correction, and take no offense when he rebukes you. For, For those whom he loves, the Lord reproves, just as a father chastises a favorite son. God is treating you as his sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? For those whom he loves, the Lord reproves, just as a father chastises a favorite son. A reading from a sermon by St. Bernard. Abbot. Let us work for the food which does not perish, our salvation. Let us work in the vineyard of the Lord to earn our daily wage in the wisdom which says, Those who work in me will not sin. Christ tells us the field is the world. Let us work in it and dig up wisdom, its hidden treasure, a treasure we all look for and want to obtain. If you are looking for it, really look. Be converted and come. Converted from what? From your own willfulness. But you may say, If I do not find wisdom in my own will, where shall I find it? My soul eagerly desires it, and I will not be satisfied when I find it, if it is not a generous amount, a full measure overflowing into my hands. You are right. 
for blessed is the man who finds wisdom and is full of prudence. Look for wisdom while it can still be found. Call for it while it is near. Do you want to know how near it is? The word is near you, in your heart and on your lips, provided that you seek it honestly. Insofar as you find wisdom in your heart, prudence will flow from your lips. But be careful it flows from and not away from them, or that you do not vomit it up. If you have found wisdom, you have found honey. But do not eat so much that you become too full and bring it all up. Eat so that you are always hungry. Wisdom says, Those who eat me continue to hunger. Do not think you have too much of it, but do not eat too much, or you will throw it up. If you do, what you seem to have will be taken away from you, because you gave up searching too soon. While wisdom is near, and while it can be found, look for it, and ask for its help. Solomon says, A man who eats too much honey does himself no good. Similarly, the man who seeks his own glorification will be crushed by that same renown. Happy is the man who has found wisdom. Even more happy is the man who lives in wisdom, for he perceives its abundance. There are three ways for wisdom or prudence to abound in you. If you confess your sins, if you give thanks and praise, and if your speech is edifying. Man believes with his heart, and so he is justified. He confesses with his lips, and so he is saved. In the beginning of his speech, the just man is his own accuser. Next, he gives glory to God. And thirdly, if his wisdom extends that far, he edifies his neighbor. I have loved wisdom more than health or beauty, and I preferred her more than the light of day. All good things came to me in her company. From my youth I have loved wisdom and sought her, and I became enamored of her beauty. All good things came to me in her company. Let us pray. O God, who teach us that you abide in hearts that are just and true, grant that we may be so fashioned by your grace as to become a dwelling place pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Twenty-four minutes before the hour, today's Gospel and In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer are all coming up on Daybreak. It's Daybreak for Monday, February 13th, 2023, Monday of the sixth week in Ordinary Time. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they say to him, Prove it. From the eighth chapter of the Gospel of Mark, The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. He sighed deeply in his spirit. Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. And he left them. And getting into the boat again, he departed to the other side. 
This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Never, ever forget that we have Jesus, the same Jesus who taught the apostles who died and rose right here with us in the Eucharist. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 3, Ordinary Time. At his birth, Jesus lacks even the cradle of a poor child. At times with his disciples, he has nowhere to lay his head. He will die in absolute poverty with his very clothing stripped from him. But when his dead body is taken down from the cross and handed over to those who remain close to him, to those who care for him, it is treated with veneration, respect, and love. Joseph of Arimathea will buy a fine new linen shroud to wrap the body in, and Nicodemus the spices they need. St. John, perhaps surprised, tells us of the lavish quantity of these spices, about a hundred pounds weight. They did not bury him in the common graveyard, but in a garden, in a new tomb, probably the one Joseph had made for himself. And the women saw the tomb and saw where he was laid. When they return to the city, they prepare more spices. When the body of Jesus is in the hands of those who love him, they rival one another in showing the greatness of their love for him. Jesus is alive in our tabernacles, just as he was in Bethlehem or on Calvary. He surrenders himself to our love to be cared for, to be looked after with the very best we can offer at the cost of our time, our money, our effort, in fact, of our love. Reverence and love will be shown in generosity towards everything that refers to worship. We cannot fall short in charity for God, even under the pretext of charity for our neighbor. Generosity to the poor, who are images of God, is not worthy of praise if it is at the expense of decorum and the worship of God himself. Even more so will this be the case if it is unaccompanied by any personal sacrifice. If we love God, our love for our neighbor will grow in deeds and in truth. It is not a question of putting a price on things. Simple mathematical calculations do not enter into the matter. It is not a question of justifying extravagance, but rather a question of our love for God, of what is fitting. And this love should be expressed in a material way. Does it make sense to spend money on places for leisure and recreation using good or even luxurious building materials, and yet for divine worship to provide only not just poor but miserable buildings that are cold and shoddily constructed? If so, the poet would be right when he says that the starkness of some churches is an exterior sign of our sins and defects, of our weakness, our destitution, our lack of faith and feelings of our dryness of heart and our distaste for the supernatural. The church is ever vigilant for the honor of God, and she does not reject solutions which differ from those of other eras. She blesses a poverty which is clean and welcoming. How many wonderful churches there are, simple but fitting, in villages with very few economic resources, but with a lot of faith. What the church cannot connive at is neglect, bad taste. 
or that lack of love of God which dedicates to the divine worship sites or structures which, if it could possibly be avoided, would scarcely be considered fit for man and his family to live in. It is right for the ordinary faithful to contribute in hundreds of different ways to looking after and diligently preserving everything connected with the public worship of God. Liturgical symbols are largely visual ones, and much that is related to the liturgy enters through the eyes. After a liturgical ceremony, those who have been present should go away strengthened in their faith, filled with joy, and encouraged to love God more than ever. Let us ask Our Lady to teach us to be generous as she was with God in big things and little things, in youth and in maturity, to offer, as Abel did, the very best that is available to us at any given time and in all the circumstances of our life. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Well, let's pray with the whole church now. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. come to the end of my pilgrimage and enter the presence of God? When will I come to the end of my pilgrimage and enter the presence of God? Like the deer that yearns for running streams, so my soul is yearning for you, my God. My soul is thirsting for God, the God of my life. When can I enter and see the face of God? My tears have become my bread, by night, by day, as I hear it said all the day long, 
Where is your God? These things will I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would lead the rejoicing crowd into the house of God, amid cries of gladness and thanksgiving, the throng wild with joy. Why are you cast down, my soul? Why groan within me? Hope in God. I will praise him still, my Savior and my God. My soul is cast down within me as I think of you, from the country of Jordan and Mount Hermon, from the hill of Mizar. Deep is calling on deep, in the roar of waters. Your torrents and all your waves swept over me. By day the Lord will send his loving kindness. By night I will sing to him, praise the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning, oppressed by the foe? With cries that pierce me to the heart, my enemies revile me, saying to me all the day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, my soul? Why groan within me? Hope in God. I will praise him still, my Savior and my God. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Father in heaven, when your strength takes possession of us, we no longer say, Why are you cast down, my soul? So now that the surging waves of your indignation have passed over us, let us feel the healing calm of your forgiveness. Inspire us to yearn for you always, like the deer for running streams, until you satisfy every longing in heaven. When will I come to the end of my pilgrimage and enter the presence of God? Lord, show us the radiance of your mercy. Lord, show Show us the radiance of your mercy. Come to our aid, O God of the universe, and put all the nations in dread of you. Raise your hand against the heathen, that they may realize your power. As you have used us to show them your holiness, so now use them to show us your glory. Thus they will know, as we know, that there is no God but you. Give new signs and work new wonders. Show forth the splendor of your right hand and arm. Gather all the tribes of Jacob, that they may inherit the land as of old. Show mercy to the people called by your name, Israel, whom you named your firstborn. Take pity on your holy city, Jerusalem, your dwelling place. Fill Zion with your majesty, your temple with your glory. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As As it it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Lord, show us the radiance of your mercy. 
The vaults of heaven ring with your praise, O Lord. The The vaults of heaven ring with your praise, O Lord. The heavens proclaim the glory of God, and the firmament shows forth the work of his hands. Day unto day takes up the story, and night unto night makes known the message. No speech, no word, no voice is heard, yet their span extends through all the earth, their words to the utmost bounds of the world. There he has placed a tent for the sun. It comes forth like a bridegroom coming from his tent, rejoices like a champion to run its course. At the end of the sky is the rising of the sun. To the furthest end of the sky is its course. There is nothing concealed from its burning heat. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. To enlighten the world, Father, you sent to us your word as the Son of Truth and justice shining upon mankind. Illumine our eyes that we may discern your glory in the many works of your hands. The The vaults of heaven heaven ring with with your praise, O Lord. A reading from the book of Jeremiah. When I found your words, I devoured them. They became my joy and the happiness of my heart, because I bore your name, O Lord God of hosts. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sing for joy, God's chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Sing Sing for for joy, God's God's chosen chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Sing a new song to the Lord. Give him the praise that is due. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Sing for joy, God's chosen ones. Give him the praise that is due. Blessed be the Lord, for he has come to his people and set them free. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, 
the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Blessed be the Lord, for he has come to his people and set them free. Let us pray. Our Savior has made us a nation of priests to offer acceptable sacrifice to the Father. Let us call upon him in gratitude. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. Christ, eternal priest, you conferred the holy priesthood on your people. Grant that we may offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to the Father. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. In your goodness, pour out on us the fruits of your Spirit. Patience, kindness, and gentleness. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. May we love you and possess you, for you are love. And may every action of our lives praise you. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. May we seek those things which are beneficial to our brothers, without counting the cost. To help them on the way to salvation. Preserve us in your ministry, Lord. Let us make our prayers and praise complete. Now let us offer together the prayer our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Almighty Father, you have brought us to the light of a new day. Keep us safe the whole day through from every sinful inclination. May all our thoughts, words, and actions aim at doing what is pleasing in your sight. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Thank you for your wonderful support last week in the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Morning air is coming up next. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the app. You go out, make this a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.